we see that the fiat currencies are going to shit. They, it might not uh, actually fully play out. There might not be a, a currency collapse, but it might be. So what I would say to the average Joe is no big deal. Take $20, take, uh, buy some Monero, buy some, some Bitcoin, play with it. You know, uh, when you go to a restaurant with friends, you know, uh, 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 pay for them uh, collect uh, collect money uh, in um, uh, in monero or, or with lightning wallet or anything you know just just try it out uh, see how it feels uh, the technology is really simple you know uh, you got uh, farmers in guatemala to accept monero so uh, uh, average joe uh, should probably be also able to do it i think uh, uh, coffee farmers uh, are above average smart because uh, they need to grow good coffee <laughs> this week on monero talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by Stealth EX, an instant exchange where privacy is the top concern. Go to StealthEX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making Stealth EX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever. By typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tuman interviews Uri Bednar. Cypherpunk author, entrepreneur, hacker, Bitcoin OG, and Monero enthusiast. The two discuss why increasingly more people are attracted to cypherpunk ideals, lunar punk and surviving state attacks on crypto projects, emerging parallel economies, and why CBDs can be bullish for Monero, how to attract crypto people to a country, institutional investment, El Salvador, how to get started with XMR, how to short fiat, and much more. Narrow Talk starts now. All right. Yuri, welcome to Monero Talk, man. Welcome back, I should say. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, thanks for doing this. I think uh I think it was well over a year ago. It might have been two years ago when we did when we did the last one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The time flew <laughs> for the past few years, so who knows? Um, how how do we introduce you? Can you introduce yourself, man? You you have you uh, you create sure. a lot of you create a lot of content. I, I don't want to uh, leave anything off the list. So if you could give a quick uh, pitch for yourself to those, yeah, sure, know. sure. So my latest thing, I will start with that one, is a short ebook uh, called uh, Cypherpunk Visions and Trends 2023 to 2025. Uh, I'm a I'm a book author and uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, another book uh, that will probably uh, cover a little bit or talk talk about its content is called uh, uh, "Cryptocurrencies: Hack Your Way to a Better Life." Other than writing books, I'm a co-founder of uh, Paralnipolis and Paralnapolis, which also hosts Institute of Crypto Anarchy. It 
and it's one of the uh, probably first. Oh, I think it's a first place uh, that uh, was purely uh, and still is purely run on cryptocurrencies. So fiat doesn't work there, <laughs> and it's a cafeteria, co-working space, and a, an institute. We organize uh, a few interesting conferences and uh, other things like that. Other than that, I founded a few companies from um, uh, from various, uh, I would say, IT uh, fields, uh, mainly security and, of course, crypto. So that's uh, uh, that's more or less about me. <laughs> I would say you're the closest thing that I know to a real cypherpunk. <laughs> yeah, you actually oh. you actually don't just talk the talk; you walk the walk. Uh, <laughs> you're not you're not just talking about these ideas; you're living them as well. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I uh, I was um, uh, when when we started, and you know, I was uh, telling uh, my friends and uh, basically anyone uh, who was willing to listen, and some people who were not willing to listen as well, <laughs> to you know just encrypt the emails with PGP back in the uh, you know uh, twenty years ago or something like that, and everyone was uh, looking at me like I was a crazy person. These you know <laughs> encoded emails and uh, and stuff I, stuff like that, and. Um, now I think cypherpunks uh, are cool again, <laughs> or finally we are cool. <laughs> so, uh, so it was not something you would uh, uh, you would uh, bloat about, you know. Oh, I'm cypherpunk. Oh, you're you're one of the weirdos. <laughs> so yeah, we have we have our uh, five minutes of uh, uh, not being considered crazy, not even fame. <laughs> Hopefully, much longer than five minutes, right? Hopefully, it becomes uh, a part of a permanent part of the culture moving forward. And I think you, you get to that in your book, "Cryptocurrencies Hack Your Way to a Better Life." Uh, you, you know, you, you you can summarize the book a little bit, but basically, I mean, you talk about how to how to practically use these things. Uh, you give a lot of insights into crypto uh, from a technological standpoint, from a usability standpoint. Uh, how to actually use them on a day-to-day -day basis, and then you you kind of talk talk about you know the 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 cypherpunk culture or the the lunar the lunar punk culture. We can get into that, um, and how you know, uh, like you said, becoming more quote unquote mainstream or getting its uh, five minutes of fame, but ultimately you see it as probably always kind of being a niche thing, right? And that we shouldn't necessarily yeah. strive for it to be mainstream, um, that it's there. If you want to be a part of it, you can. And we shouldn't expect that all of society will join us. Yes, I think I learned from the early cypherpunk days that um, uh, then most people don't really care about these things like uh, privacy and, you know, private contracts and... Uh, uh, all these things. So uh, I, d I don't think we actually have to, you know, kind of force people or, you know, talk everyone to uh, to do uh, do our thing that we that we think is important. So I don't think it is mainstream or we should push it to the mainstream. Uh, but what is happening is that uh, an increasing number of people are finding these ideas uh, useful and um, um, 
kind of um, what is going on with the world. Uh, many people will probably want to want to join, uh, even uh, even if they didn't consider it uh, something uh, that is important. So, uh, example, very very simple example are people who. Um, so so many people uh, talk about the unbanked, you know, uh, but they're doing pretty okay. They use cash and they, you know, uh, of course, uh, if they want to interact uh, uh, with someone over the internet. But there is uh, this uh, uh, group of people that I call banked but pissed, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, when they have this experience, oh, my bank account was frozen again because I wired money to a stranger and now they want all the documentation from me. And, you know, oh, we have frozen your bank account because you need to declare your source of funds. And there are a lot of people that uh, are having a bad experience, especially with the uh, with the. Uh, with the banking system and, and, and financial institutions, so they are they, they see okay they they're not you know hardcore cypherpunks that think that we need to change the world and have different money, but they just have a bad experience and they uh, they come over because uh, uh, well if you send the Monero transactions it goes through. <laughs> So I mean, so do you see the the true cypherpunks? Uh, that movement growing as well, just not growing as much as we might hope. Do you, do you see it getting larger, or is it kind of already uh, plateaued? No, definitely. I think it's uh, uh, growing. Uh, there are there are many people being onboarded to Bitcoin, to Monero, uh, to privacy as well. Uh, uh, I I really think that many many people are having uh, various not not nice experiences. So it's Sadly said, it's more out of the necessity than, you know, like a philosophical belief. What is also interesting is that a lot of um, original people, original cypherpunks, uh, I would say um, uh, that it's it's very interesting that the, that there there is this group of people who are all for encryption of communication but when it comes to money they're like oh no 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 we need uh, we need yeah. uh, oversight you know money laundering and so yeah. but uh, financial communication is communication so uh, i don't i don't see a difference but there's especially uh, in europe uh, with a with the hacker community uh, the, there is this uh, event called uh, the uh, Chaos Communication Congress. It's amazing. It's uh, it it has been going on for forty years, I think, um, and it's uh, it's the largest uh, European hacker conference. Um, and and there are like talks about Tor, about encryption, about you know hacking, breaking things, um, but you still cannot buy uh, tickets with any kind of cryptocurrency uh, you still uh, uh, there's it's it's still like uh, you would expect uh, talks about things like monero like they should have a track or something uh, yeah. the, the official one uh, but no it's like they 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 have kind of these two separated worlds of uh, you know communication 
anonymity when we're chatting, but then for money, you know, we need to, uh, we need to report and and stuff like that. I I don't want to put uh, like all those people in a box. Of course, it's uh, there's a lot of variety there, but uh, there is this kind of interesting, uh, you know, cypherpunk, but not for money. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize even there at that conference. Like, so I've never been, would love to go. I part I. I was part of it uh, virtually. Uh, like mm-hmm. I interviewed people that were there. It was a couple of years ago now. We did Monero talk interviews with people that were there. So there, there were some people that that were doing talks on you know Bitcoin and Monero. Uh, yeah. But you're saying overall, they don't even really focus on it at all. Like they try to essentially oh. ignore it, or so. Uh... Part of it is because of the proof of work. You know, it's in Germany, and uh, I I don't <laughs> I don't want to make uh, fun of Germany, but I think uh, their uh, national religion is you know uh, Gaia worship and uh, fighting for climate. So, uh, so yeah. one of the things is you know uh, it uh, it creates emissions. Uh, another thing is uh, how do we put it in into accounting. Um, uh, to, to their credit, they allow uh, people to organize their own tracks. So there, there has been uh, actually you can you can basically set up your own stage with talks and uh, everything. Uh, and we have we have done it done it. And I I love the conference. So I hope they they will <laughs> they will let me in after this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it's it's interesting, you know, because. Um, it's kind of uh, left-leaning, uh, I would say. So what, one example was uh, that there's a, a vendor of uh, uh, Bitcoin ATMs uh, that wanted to participate in the conference, um, uh, and and they were they were like, no, it's money, it's for profit, and uh, that that's not such a good idea. And uh, when I was, uh, you know, talking about it with with some friends there, I, I looked from the um, uh, from the st- staircase down, and there was this row of Erste Bank ATMs, you know, and those are not for profit, you know, <laughs> it's just normal uh, normal um, ATMs uh, with uh, with bank cards. So it was kind of funny. Uh, uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, th- there is definitely it's not like a uh, unified uh, ideology and uh, i think this is true with uh, most uh, kind of libertarian leaning uh, ideologies that everyone has their own opinions and it's uh, like herding cats you know copyright is good or bad and you know um, uh, freedom of using your body or not and and, and things like that so there, there's a lot of variety um, in, in your, in your books, um, in, in what was the, the short one? It was uh, predictions of, uh, uh, visions and trends, cypherpunk visions and trends. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't think you, did you touch on politics at all? No, did you make any predictions with regard? Let me, let me ask you like, how do you ultimately see politics playing into these technologies? We're, we're kind of talking about it a little bit, right? But mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's an important topic. It's very real, right? Like, like you said, with proof of work, for example, we're seeing that uh, politics seep into Bitcoin, for example, right? Um, mm-hmm. Into projects like Ethereum, right? Where they've now gone proof of stake and, and in the eyes of the state, uh, it's, it's, you know, two thumbs up, right? Like, uh, they, they get, they get yeah. more points, right? So they're, they're a little yeah. more friendly mm-hmm. to the state. They're, pr- they're proof of stake. They're not using as much energy. Uh, you have something like Monero that's untraceable, you know, 
two points deducted, not as easy to, to, to KYC AML track and trace. How do you see uh, politics playing into these technologies? Is it going to ultimately, will something like a Monero survive politically or will, could politics uh, start to seep into the projects themselves and change the protocol to the point where it's, it's no longer, you know, this uh, state resistant technology. Uh, would you use Monero if it was surveilled and censored? No. So, you, I, yeah, I don't know. so, so is it then just it's just left to the small community uh, of those that are, you know? Uh, yes, it uh, it very well could be, but uh, the question is how small because uh, I don't know. Um, uh, so, so if uh, if states introduce uh, the central bank digital currencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, a lot of customers, so it doesn't have to be uh, a small community. Uh, a lot of customers, meaning uh, the the parallel economies, and I don't know. Like it depends on where where you are, but uh, it is uh, in many countries one third to one half of economy. So it's not you know it's not few nerds that uh, uh, that are ideological you know uh, parallel economy is a plumber that uh, takes cash and doesn't give you a receipt and doesn't put it in uh, in in the accounting and probably not as common in the US in Europe it is um, uh, it is uh, a very common thing so once cash goes away uh, then they will probably need some other solution so uh, so that's uh, like to the question if it's uh, if it's a small community, but um, to the larger question of politics that touches uh, on the on the on the lunar punk topic. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, uh, these technologies they exist and they do not care uh, about the current set of uh, rules or laws at all. Uh, so. Um, it's uh, you know <laughs> there are many many markets where uh, where they try to regulate uh, cryptocurrencies and, and it actually uh, actually kind of uh, uh, put uh, fuel in the fire <laughs> and they, they actually started to use them so uh, in Colombia they reg- regulated um, the um, how exchanges operate so it created a thriving peer-to-peer market and so on so. Uh, with lunar punk uh, which which is probably the the uh, the best answer to to your question uh, the idea is that uh, you take all of these projects and every project uh, project needs to survive uh, in some way which means uh, uh, positive pnl they need to make some kind of profit doesn't have to be monetary profit you can have a non-profit organization but you cannot long term have something that just consumes people's energy you need you know if people put energy in what they get back needs to be more otherwise it would drain everyone so uh, if i'm talking about profit now i'm not only talking about you know the monetary pnl but uh, you know also uh, if it gives back to the people that participate in the project it can very well be non-profit so that's the that's the first uh, or that's the common crit- uh, criteria on the market if if you cannot generate some kind of uh, profit uh, you're not sustainable and you will not survive what um, lunar punks say 
uh, is that there is a great filter uh, for this uh, profitability. And that is if uh, a project cannot survive state at, uh, an attack of, um, of a state, uh, then there is no way to have a positive PNL. So now the question is, okay, who is going to serve? What kind of project is going to uh, survive an attack of, of the state? Uh, with these crypto projects, uh, the attacks are coming. You know, that they're not, might not be, you know, um, uh, uh, trying to completely kill the technology. Uh, but that, that there are, you know, oh, you should uh, filter these transactions or, you know, give us the name of uh, these customers or things like that. You know, they're they trying to regulate it somehow or you cannot uh, issue USD on the blockchain or in Europe uh, euros. Or if you as a business accept a transaction, maybe you need to identify customers and things like this. Uh, and uh, this filter comes before the uh, the PNL. So uh, if you cannot survive this kind of attack, you're gone. You know you didn't even have a chance to show on the market that you, that you are useful and uh, and profitable. Uh, so that means uh, that um, uh, probably what we will see on the market is uh, that there are uh, projects, um, maybe even Tornado Cash uh, is is a good example. That will not survive long term. They will they will not survive the attack of the state. But that means uh, that all the users, uh, if uh, they want to solve uh, this problem, they have to uh, they have to move over to a project that will survive the attack. So this filter actually is anti fragile uh, to state attacks. So so um, every project that can survive these attacks. They not only survive, but they also get new customers, new users from from other projects that did not survive. So, uh, this is kind of the uh, dynamics of um, uh, of Lunar Punk. You had uh, uh, Rose on uh, um, uh, on your show, so uh, probably she uh, explained it better. Um, but this is this is my view view on uh, uh, on politics in relation to to crypto. Uh, uh, my view on politics in general, I'm not go going to give you a political speech, uh, but how I view it is that uh, my job is not to ensure that the political climate is, uh, um, uh, is good enough for me, uh, but I want to step out of these hierarchies. So uh, what I realized, one, one example, I, I had some interactions <laughs> with politics, uh, um, uh, I was uh, uh, I was speaking to a to a uh, not a politician an employee of uh, of uh, some ministry in in a country, and they were asking me how uh, how to attract uh, more crypto people to their country. So, not important, not not that important what I replied, but uh, very fast uh, zero tax on crypto. Uh, zero meaning zero, not zero point one, because zero means you don't have to do accounting. Um, easy residency and uh, leave the people alone. If you have these strings, these three things, and it's not you know some some shithole that <laughs> doesn't have basic security, then people will come probably. Um, but what I realized is uh, that most politicians have a, a mindset of. Uh, we make the rules 
and everyone ha- else uh, has to uh, has to uh, kind of uh, comply with these rules and live by these rules. But now I was in a different situation. Now I now I was talking to someone who is a, basically a vendor, you know, and the, and they were asking, oh. Uh, what competitive advantage do I need to have in order to attract more people like you? So I'm in a supermarket. I don't have to comply with laws. I, I'm picking uh, a set of laws uh, that uh, I want to apply to me. Um, and, and if I'm flexible, I can move to whatever country uh, and, um, and kind of uh, uh, choose uh, uh, choose the results of politics, not politics. I'm not voting for a political party. I say, okay, this is uh, a set of rules that I want to apply to me and I I choose these rules. Um, Maybe uh, many listeners have heard about the book uh, called Sovereign Individual and they explain this principle quite well, you know. So so just changing this mindset of, uh, you know, I need to influence politics this way or that way in order you know for uh for my team to win or for uh, or, or in order for me to be able to do what i want uh, to do in my life um i kind of step out of of this game step out of this hierarchy say okay i don't care who the chief is i care what the uh, uh what i can do what the rules are and uh, uh there is an easier way to uh, to choose it if you of course, are willing to pay the price of moving somewhere else. But you can do business in different countries uh, without moving and so on. So voting, voting with your feet. Uh, but but isn't there, you know, how well does that work in, in the future as we move towards, you know, uh, a, a more centralized a global state, right? So we we have these large associations, right? These a lot of them are are kind of even outside of the purview of governments, but these large boards with members of all different countries that come together, mm-hmm. and essentially is where they they make the laws, right? They they decide mm-hmm. what what the rules need to be for everyone, and then all countries underneath essentially adopt, or you know the countries are no longer a part of the you know the 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 the, the mainstream new world order right um yeah. so like and it, it seems like we're moving further and further in that direction i think last time when i had you on the show that was a big part of what we spoke about right we talked spoke yes. about the oecd um, and uh, fatf uh, right. financial action task force and right. so finan- how it's enforced through the network Right, the financial, and which is a great example, right, where they're a, they're able to get come together, uh, f- uh, you know, representatives from all around the world, basically draft rules on how to quote unquote uh, fight uh, f- the financing of terrorism or whatever it may be, and then asking governments to essentially implement these rules. The next thing you know, the EU is doing it, the United States is doing it, every country yeah. in the world is doing it. So this this idea of voting with your feet does it does it uh, eventually uh, not work at some point when there's nowhere left to hide well we will see i don't have a crystal (laughs) ball but uh what i can say is uh first of all uh we can uh for example with uh fatf uh, financial action task force 
we can move outside of their rules by not using their financial networks, which is how it's enforced. So if we choose Monero instead of our local fiat currency, then, you know, I never filled any <laughs> any form when I wanted to make a Monero transaction. But then, of course, it has costs. So you need to uh, interact with the society in a, in a different way. You need proxy merchants and uh, other other things. So this is a very... Uh, dystopian scenario, but it's a way out. So that's kind of uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. You can you can opt out because they cannot enforce it if uh, if you are part of a network that doesn't enforce it. Um, the other thing is, um, uh, or other other two things. First is that uh, cartels are. Uh, uh, it is very profitable to to break out of the cartels. For example, uh, OECD is trying to. Um, introduce a minimum 10% uh, tax on income. I don't know if you have heard about that. It's uh, it's a great push on on like a global minimum ta- uh, minimum tax. Mm. So and um, th- there are countries like Hungary they they said we're not going to do it. We want to attract uh, business. Uh, there are uh, um, there are countries uh, such as Malta or Singapore which will collect the 10% tax, but then they will give you a return because they don't need that much money. So, so you get a credit. So it's like a, a little bit thing, a little bit for show. Then there are some countries that say, oh, uh, this type of business is, uh, uh, is uh, not considered income. So uh, we have 10% income tax, but uh, uh, this is not income. <laughs> so you can you can get uh, have a, uh, have a kind of uh, exceptions for uh, for certain types of business. And then of course, what every country does, uh, because for example, European Union already or OECD countries already have this uh, 10% minimum income tax. Uh, what they say, oh, you're Apple, you're big. Okay, so we're fine with 1% just for you. And here's the secret agreement. So. Uh, so first of all uh, this is a cartel agreement and cartel agreements uh, you know if there's money to be made by by breaking them some countries will do it uh, which might make it a little bit more expensive for people uh, unfortunately because they can say okay if you're apple uh, you can get away with one percent income tax but uh, i don't want to pick on apple i don't i don't know who has <laughs> these agreements just an example but if you are you know uh, uh Uri or uh, or a small company then then you are not able to do it the uh, the other reason why i'm optimistic is uh that uh, these countries even if they sign these agreements uh that it's it's very far from implement uh, implementing them well you know if if there's a reporting agreement uh, uh, signed by luxembourg and uh, um us uh, and let's say uh, georgia not the us state georgia but the the country georgia probably the country georgia uh, will not implement it that well and uh, you could go there and make a deal uh, locally with a bank or with someone um and make sure that it doesn't apply to you and again this breaks the cartel agreement uh, but not by you know um changing the rules but just by uh how uh how uh, these things are uh, implemented in practice so uh for example if you if you do uh, uh let's say a little bit shady transaction out of panama 
you will probably get flagged and you would need to uh you would need to uh answer some questions uh if you do a shady transaction uh within ukraine uh or uh, whatever uh, eastern europe <laughs> uh where uh, where i'm from so i, I don't <laughs> want to uh sound like i'm uh, making fun of eastern europe but i i know how how things uh, work here and uh uh they're probably not uh, that well implemented so uh, i think voting with your feet will be possible because there's money to be made and if you if it's not just physically moving to a different rule set then you can use these parallel solutions such as uh, monero or uh, money networks oh. Even, even uh, uh, for example, there there was there is now chat in the European Union um, about uh, giving um, uh, about social networks giving access uh, to uh, uh, to to uh, private messages of people. Uh, so, for example, Twitter DMs they might check check for child pornography or something like that or conspiracy theories. I don't know what what. What they're trying to fight, but then you have encrypted networks that um, uh, that you can opt into, and they don't uh, then they don't enforce this. We have seen this uh, during COVID. Um, now the Twitter files and now the Facebook files um, uh, uh, were released about how they try to control the narrative and uh, you know uh, suppress some voices. Um, in in my country, uh, uh, they uh, uh, the, the state even uh, censored some websites, blocked some websites. Uh, uh, they uh, they uh, they were able to take off some Facebook pages and so on. And all of these people moved to Telegram to Telegram channels, and uh, this just uh, improved the spread of the this kind of information. Uh, uh, so uh, so. Not only it did not work, uh, they moved to a platform where where it's much more difficult to to censor it. So so it's you can already see it happening. It's not some uh, some future possibility, but uh, maybe the states will find a way to do it <laughs> for real this time. Uh, that I can't predict. Well, when you when you talk about cryptos that are resistant, essentially to to government control or being co-opted. Um, what do you see as the elements that are necessary for it to survive the great filter? Privacy. Uh, if you don't know, so so basically the, the philosophy or the modern philosophy of cryptoanarchy is uh, uh, based on, uh, um, on the first two parts of the OODA loops. So, so OODA loop uh, is um, uh, uh, from uh, uh, the theory of conflict, uh, military conflict, but it applies to any kind of conflict. And both sides, uh, what, they, what they are doing, uh, uh, OODA means OODA. So the first O is uh, observe. So you need to see what's going on in the, in the conflict. What is the other party doing? Then you need to orient. You need to make sense of what just happened. Uh, then you decide on uh, on your reaction, and then you act. 
So uh, an example, a very simple one that is not military is um, uh, there is uh, 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 someone is buying wheat from a dealer in a country where wheat is illegal. Uh, someone else, a, a policeman observes, okay, this guy gave uh, this other guy, you know, a, a bag with some green stuff. So this is a, you know, drug, <laughs> drug deal. It's funny to call a selling of wheat drug deal, but uh, they, they consider it that way. Um, then they have to orient. So, so basically what they, what they would do is they, they would go there, there, they would arrest them. They, they would, you know, see, okay, this bag was really weak. Uh, this guy uh, got some money. They, uh, they, they record it. They know it. Then you go to the court. They decide. And uh, then the, the court decides, uh, you know, you need to go to jail or you need to pay a fine or whatever. And that's, that's the action. So both sides of conflict are doing this OODA loop until, until it's finished. And uh, so most... Uh, even libertarian strategies, but most strategies, they try to act on the uh, uh, last two parts of the OODA loop. So decriminalization of wheat uh, means let's change the rules on how, how people decide or uh, let's change uh, what are they going to do, how they are going to act. Uh, crypto anarchy uh, goes to the, to the first two parts. So everything is encrypted so now no one can observe what just happened uh, there is even uh, parts of crypto anarchy strategy for the, for physical uh, things but uh, in standard you know monero transaction uh, you don't see what is happening and uh, the 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 other part okay i saw you know these people exchange some information but I cannot orient. I cannot make sense of what just happened. You know, there's, uh, you know, plausible deniability. Uh, you know, the, the keys were lost. You know, you cannot, uh, you cannot actually see what is, what is happening. So there's nothing to decide about because no one, no one saw it. So um, that is why I think uh, for these projects to survive, uh, uh, privacy is key because the privacy, uh, privacy um, gives uh, us the possibility to kind of influence these first two parts of the, of the conflict of the uh, OODA loop. So that's, uh, that is uh, key, I think. And that's uh, like probably Rose also talked about this uh, uh, when talking about Lunar Punk, uh, that uh, it's about the fight between surveillance and, and privacy. But I think this is the reason. I think, uh, you know, uh, many people would say, oh, surveillance, okay, so they know uh, what I'm chatting with <laughs> with my partner or, the, or with my friends, what's the, what's the big deal? But, uh, but I th uh, conflict starts with this. If you don't have privacy, you can go to the other parts of the, of the OODA loop. So do you see that as being, uh, you know, often on this show, I talk about that as being, you know, uh, potentially a critical flaw for Bitcoin because it's ultimately transparent. There's an attack surface there. We've seen it, you know, we've seen the state essentially take advantage of that already. Uh, like a lot of those things we talked about on the last time you're on the show, right? So mm -hmm. does it get to the point where the state could essentially uh, mandate that, transactions have to be compliant uh right so they they would 
look at the histories of all transactions and and large miners would would only be you know uh, entering transactions that are quote unquote compliant. Uh, we spoke about right the, the proof of work potentially being another attack. Do, are, are, is is Bitcoin perhaps susceptible to these attacks because of its transparency and lack of privacy, or do you not? Are yeah. you, you being able to overcome that? It definitely doesn't help. So uh, of course, uh, if Bitcoin uh, had better privacy on the first layer, it would be much harder to control. Uh, we can we've been uh, uh, maybe talking also about you know uh, forcing the rules for the miners to be green or you know to uh, the checking uh, where the energy comes from or mm-hmm. um, you know there are uh, bitcoin addresses on the on the ofec uh, sanction list so you know uh, something is happening uh, but the funny thing is that uh, uh, right now the enforcement is uh, um, in the uh, uh, it, it's enforced uh, by compliant entities. Mm-hmm. So the right now the Bitcoin network processes any transaction that pays the transaction fees and uh, satisfies the Bitcoin script, and uh, uh, you know that there is no real censorship of transactions uh, on the Bitcoin uh, network itself. But the fact that it it can be traced, uh, you know, there are many people who are today in jail because their transactions were traced. So it is it is happening. Um, I'm not saying that uh, it's not possible with Monero. People make mistakes. Uh, they don't do uh, operational security. And I'm, uh, of course, not saying that uh, 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 all these people are innocent and they shouldn't be in jail. It's uh, uh, that there are many bad people who do uh, horrible things with uh, uh, with Bitcoin. But we can see that it's a it's a proof that it is possible and uh, it's a it's a form of attack. But it's an attack on on compliant entities. They usually did uh, stupid things like they try to uh, mix the Bitcoin with the coin join, didn't do it well, then use the KYC exchange or something like uh, like this. So um, so definitely uh, that might be a problem. Do you love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans. And if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, gratuitous, and Monero. How about the, the, the number go up? uh you know meme of bitcoin which is obviously i'd say the the largest and most impactful meme in in bitcoin by far right mm-hmm. more so than the cypherpunk ideology uh most people that are in bitcoin want own it today because they want it to be worth more tomorrow uh and that's that's human nature right Pe- people yeah, yeah. People, you know they want that windfall they they want to get wealthy off of it um, do you think that's uh, uh, essentially uh, an attack uh, uh, that, that, you know, a, a way for the state to essentially co-opt Bitcoin through 
um, creating regulations that conform with that ideology that essentially help the number go up, but weaken the uh, veracity of, of the project as, as it grows. So it becomes, you know, uh, less insipid to the state. It becomes, it becomes, it's defanged, right? So mm-hmm. it becomes this thing that may be worth a lot of money. It may have made you a lot of money, but it may not uh, take as much power away from the state as originally hoped. Do you think that's a potential mm-hmm. attack vector? Uh, sorry. Uh, oh. Something happened. Uh, uh, Oh, no worries. We'll wait for you. I will. I will just restart this uh, software, uh, but uh, I will answer your question. Uh, so uh, I haven't thought about it this way. So <laughs> uh, probably, uh, probably more interesting to uh, hear your point of view, not mine. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, definitely could happen. Uh, I think the number go up thing is. Yeah, natural for humans, and uh, um, I think many people got into Bitcoin and crypto because of this. Uh, and then they, you know, it's kind of boring; it doesn't go up tomorrow. So then you study, okay, what what is this? Then you then you you first start, you know, looking at the exchange rate every day and see, okay, this is kind of crazy; it's going up and down; it's volatile. Not as much as it used to be, but uh, but but still. So uh, with this uh, NGU meme, uh, I make fun of it all the time. Uh, but uh, uh, on the other hand, it really brought uh, many people into these parallel economies, and um, uh, it's also a good thing. And I don't blame people uh, to want to be rich and i do not uh, uh, definitely blame people i actually think it's a good idea uh, that people realize okay uh, this other thing that we hold is uh, not good for saving i'm talking about fiat currencies um so uh, so yeah it's a, it's a uh, yeah I think uh, definitely as uh, it could be abused. I haven't thought about it before, so uh, I haven't given it any thought. Uh, but so far, I think uh, it's uh, it's not all bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely not all bad. It's how we've gotten as far as we've gotten, right? It's it's how yeah. crypto bootstrapped itself. Uh, it was it was out of the greed, but I, I I do feel like it pushes the project particularly Bitcoin towards making des- design decisions that align more with number go up than mm-hmm. with cypherpunk ideology. And the end result and- may, be, may be something that is quote unquote digital gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the government knows exactly how much of it you own. They know everybody that owns it. They know where it is. They can see people when they move it. And people are fine with that. Just like they own their homes, people know where their homes are, and it's just like this, in, you know, piece of digital property that has value uh, that the state's okay with you using. You know, maybe they could even come and collect their unrealized capital gains tax on it at will, uh, and it just, you know, uh, loses its 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 fangs in terms of, um, you know, cre- taking power away from the state. The state essentially just makes makes more money off of it themselves. Yes, definitely. I think that um, uh, uh, um, one one of the uh, mistakes that uh, uh, that the community made was uh, uh, around 2018, 
when everyone was uh, expecting the institutions, you know, institutional investors to come up. And they, I, I think it kind of, uh, I don't know if, uh, if people helped it, but they definitely didn't, uh, didn't uh, fight it. They said, okay, it's a good thing. You know, we want the pension funds and even states uh, and uh, whatever ETFs, you know, everyone was talking about the Bitcoin ETF. And um, some of the institutions actually invested. Uh, but uh, I think people wanted uh, uh, for, for the number to go up uh, too fast. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I don't think that it was uh, good to kind of, um, um, how to say it, um, uh, to adjust... Uh, Uh, Bitcoin and uh, and and this fear to these in institutional investors. You know, we we shouldn't have tried to uh, to sell sell them on this idea. And uh, uh, I don't think we need them actually. I think that they complicate things. Uh, I'm uh, not a big fan of uh, the uh, El Salvador forced tender of Bitcoin. Uh, so uh, so I I don't. Uh, Like I don't get <laughs> many many likes for this when I talk about this in on social media, but uh, uh, but uh, I don't think you know pushing people into crypto, uh, definitely not forcing people into crypto. I don't think it's a good idea. You know, if you want it, if you see the use for it, if you are ready for it, if it's okay with your personal philosophy and values. Perfect. Go ahead, buy Bitcoin, buy Monero, buy whatever you want. Use it. Uh, but you know, telling merchants uh, you have to accept this crypto because uh, you know our big boss <laughs> uh, decided that it's the future, and uh, uh, that that's not something I'm a, I'm a fan of. And and I think the institutions are not as bad. Okay, that no one forced them to do it. But uh, uh, but they shape it uh, in in this way because you know they want clean bitcoins they don't want coin join bitcoins and so on so uh, I think if we um, uh, maybe focused uh, more on uh, things like normalizing coin joins like you know uh, that the, these privacy wallets they they say make every bitcoin transaction a coin join if we did this instead instead of you know. Uh, explaining to the institutions oh it's all good you know you can see here's a chain a chain analysis web interface and here you can see if the coins are clean and it's possible and don't worry about money laundering if we said oh by the way you can't see any history it might be money laundering you would not sell it to the uh, to the institutions this way but then uh, then uh, we are where we are right now so but there are there are other options so uh, Uh, all good. Do you think a lot a lot of people in Bitcoin, uh, you know, talk about these ideas but don't really truly care about them? <laughs> so, like, like, you know, the things like the privacy. Obviously, you know, my hunch is you very much do, right? But uh, do you think there, you know, there's a lot of people that just are doing it to just kind of go along with the uh, move people into Bitcoin? I don't know. I, I just feel like. I feel like if if they cared so much about it, then they would be talking about Monero as well, right? Like obviously you do because yeah. you're, you're very you're you're true to your ideals. But do you think a lot of these kind of these B 
BTC maxis, uh, the talk about Bitcoin as the one and only, and that how we need to make it private. Do they, I don't know, do you think they really care about those, those ideals or? Yeah. I can't uh, talk about, uh, I, I don't know. I don't see into their, their heads, but uh, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a, a funny insight. Uh, so when I, uh, when the, uh, when the cypherpunk visions uh, book came out, uh, I, I have a, on, on my eShop, I have a, of course, a BTC pay server that accepts Bitcoin, Monero, uh, whatever, mm-hmm. I think Litecoin, um, uh, Lightning payments. And I also had a, a credit card, uh, a Stripe, uh, 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 there. And, uh, it's a book on cypherpunk visions and, uh, half of the people pay with credit card. <laughs> which is okay like okay they they want to that they're interested they're maybe not cypherpunks I, I i'm grateful for everyone who you know wants to read my work it's not uh, i'm not uh, you know complaining or anything um but then uh, i i saw some of the people uh are kind of prominent crypto people that i'm sure 100 percent that they have a, a crypto wallet that they they could use but the Apple Pay button with Stripe is much easier. You know, you just double click <laughs> and the payment goes through. Uh, so, so this is this is funny, you know, that that you have uh, people who um, who advocate uh, for this um, uh, parallel financial system. Uh, they they know why it's good. They know know its properties. And yet, you know, where where they have to decide, okay, am I going to scan the QR code and start the wallet or am I just going to click buy with Apple Pay and double click? Uh, uh, they're they're going to use that. So so that that's uh, interesting to me. Again, I'm not complaining at all. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, something that, that surprised me and I'm, I'm uh, kind of um, uh, curiously looking at, uh, at those numbers and see... Uh, as I said, half, it's maybe half, half. So, uh, uh, so 50% pay with crypto, 50% with, uh, with fiat, which is probably I, uh, the highest crypto adoption, like many, many, uh, crypto people would love to see those numbers. So, so mostly it's, you know, three transactions per month with crypto and <laughs> everything else with fiat. So I'm, I'm good, <laughs> but, uh, this is happening and, and they, um, uh, in uh, in Slovak language, I have an online course uh, on uh, cryptocurrency privacy, and even that, uh, some people pay with fiat, and that's like okay, maybe they don't know. Um, I I actually spoke to some of them, and they say okay, uh, but if I pay you with crypto, then I would have to declare taxes because that's you know. Uh, yeah, sure. It's a it's a sale of cryptocurrency that then I would need to tax it and and stuff like that. So it, there might be good reasons, um, but then um, I did this project. Uh, it's in it's in Slovak uh, uh, language or um, actually not not me. That there's there's a group of people that uh, that started this meme. So uh, uh, the the most commonly uh, used uh, name uh, first name in Slovakia is Peter, uh, 
the most commonly used surname in Slovakia is Horvat. So uh, I don't know what John Smith would be an equivalent in English, maybe, or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, 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 we have created uh, uh, as, a, as a community this web page uh, for, for this fictional uh, Peter Horvat. And it explains how you can buy stuff online anonymously by using this name. So you increase the anonymity. Okay, it's the most common name in, in Slovakia, at least uh, first name and surname. I'm not sure about the combination. Um, so uh, so it's really, really interesting because uh, uh, there are ways how to get uh, um, uh, stuff delivered to your home um or or to these you know pickup boxes if you don't use your real name no one asks for an id and and so on so it's kind of like a like an how to okay this is how you pay anonymously this is how you buy stuff anonymously you know this is how you uh, go with uh, uh, if you need a warranty exchange and, and stuff like that uh, so uh so that uh, half of my customers are called Peter Horvat. <laughs> uh, but then 10% uh, of them pay with fiat. And when I receive the buyer, I see the, see the real name <laughs> on, the, on the transfer. So it kind of uh, misses the purpose. But it, it's, a, it's a fun thing to do. If you, if you imagine, okay, all these uh, you know, merchants, they ask for my name and address. I have to do it as well because uh, of VAT rules, actually. I cannot sell stuff if I don't know where you live because that's uh, how I uh, calculated the uh, value-added tax. But I don't care about your name, you know? I did you know, write uh, uh, any name you f you feel like using, you use a pseudonym. I, I'm, you know, I'm not asking for a legal name. That's just his name so write whatever you want uh i don't care where you live actually <laughs> i'm not sending you anything physical so you know uh write anything you want um uh, but uh, people don't do it uh, that often so so we try to promote this uh, the reason i didn't do it in english i'm not sure if this is actually legal in uh, in the us uh, there is this computer decency act or something like that where you're not supposed to lie about your address or something like that. I'm not sure. So I'm, I just didn't bother uh, researching uh, the, the, uh, the laws in other countries. But, uh, but this is, you know, increase anonymity set, uh, pay privately. And you can just try it, you know, it's, it's no big deal, you know, you can order food <laughs> under, under a different name and see how it feels and, uh, and play with it. It's not, you know, you don't need to change your lifestyle or anything, but uh, I think it's, it's nice to play with these technologies and also uh, to change this mindset of, okay, why, why, why does a grocery store need to know my name? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't need to give it to them. So what what would you tell the average Joe if he asks, you know, like, you're right. Yeah. I, to be honest, I don't, I don't have any crypto. I don't use any. Why should I start using crypto tomorrow? I mean, I, I got my credit cards. I got Venmo. Uh, it's basically free for me to transact with those. What, why would I start using crypto tomorrow? What's kind of your, your elevator pitch? Uh, 
elevator pitch uh, would be uh, first mentioning some friends uh, that had problems like frozen accounts and and so on. So Venmo works until it doesn't. My favorite example is uh, uh, Flipper Zero. It's a it's a very nice device. Uh, I don't have it with me, but it's a like a, a hacker tool, like a ha- hacker Swiss Army knife. I would say it can uh, crack many protocols and. Uh, uh and uh, they used uh, paypal for the for the orders and at some point paypal froze 1.3 million dollars so without you know support uh, being able to answer uh, when it's unfrozen and so on so this is you know this is um, uh, okay business i'm not a business i'm an average joe i have a friend who tried to wire money to his daughter from Panama to Spain. And of course, wiring money from Panama is definitely money laundering, even if it's 40 euros, uh, 400 euros. So, uh, so people are having these bad experiences. So that's, that's the first part. The, the other part is we see that the fiat currencies are going to shit. They, it might not uh, actually fully play out. There might not be a, a currency collapse, but it might be. So what I would say to the average Joe is no big deal. Take $20, take, uh, buy some Monero, buy some, some Bitcoin, play with it. You know, uh, when you go to a restaurant with friends, you know, uh, 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 pay for them, uh, collect, uh, collect money uh, in, uh, um, uh, in Monero or, or with Lightning Wallet or anything, you know, just try it out, uh, see how it feels. Uh, the technology is really simple. You know, uh, you got uh, farmers in Guatemala to accept Monero. So uh, uh, average Joe uh, should probably be also able to do it. I think uh, uh, coffee farmers uh, are above average smart because uh, they need to grow good coffee. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it's definitely doable. And uh, I wouldn't suggest, you know, go all in and, you know, NGU, buy a lot of it, but, but just have this experience. And the reason to have this experience is if something happens to the main uh, financial system, uh, to the mainstream primary financial system, you already not only uh, know how to use the alternative, but you have everything set up. You know, you know how to receive, how to send, how to use it. So, so um, that's the reason. And it, and really, you know, twenty dollars for a start, uh, just to just to play with it is okay. You can make some transactions and uh, do some transactions, and it will uh, it will enhance uh, your uh, chances in case uh, something bad happens. What are some of the, uh, you know, tips you'd give to people that are like, you know, maybe a little more advanced, they, they, they're into crypto, they use crypto and they, they, they want to start living the life of a cypherpunk. They want to start uh, living in a parallel economy, tips and tricks for people that want to actually start living that life. Are there kind of, okay. I, I give a, uh, if they're advanced, uh, 
one of the things I like to do is short fiat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like to uh, I like to use collateralized loans, and it has been a theme in uh, in the crypto community around Parallelpolis for uh, for some time now. Uh, so basically, what you do is uh, you never uh, sell your crypto. Uh, that in most countries means you never pay uh, capital gains tax because there is no capital gains. Uh, you just uh, take the, the cryptocurrencies you have, you use them as a collateral for a loan. Uh, and if the loan, uh, if the interest rate on the loan is lower than the current uh, inflation rate, especially your own inflation, so, so the, the rise in prices the, uh, of things you personally buy, uh, then you are basically shorting fiat. Uh, and uh, uh, what it means is that when you uh, have to return the, uh, the money in the future, let's say in 10 years, you can have open-ended loan, um, you will have to work less to make the, the amount of money. So... Um, so it's a uh, you know uh, Bitcoin maxis they they hodl you know, and I say I hodl hard <laughs> because uh, even for my consumption I never sell my crypto and I uh, and I always borrow so uh, so if they have to you know buy their carnivore steaks of. <laughs> uh, 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 then, uh, then they're short crypto because they have to sell their precious Bitcoin to buy those stakes. I don't have to sell my Bitcoins. I, um, I borrow the fiat and uh, then convert it to the stakes. And uh, so, so that's one of the strategies. Of course, there are many risks. You know, you need to know what you're doing. I try to teach it. It's uh, there's a there's a book. Uh, uh, there's a there's a chapter on this uh, in the book, including like five pages on risks and how to how to handle them but this is my favorite strategy and uh, this is even more true cypherpunk than just hodling i think um of course um, some people would say okay then you need to lock your crypto somewhere then you don't have all the private keys and and things like that so i understand there are considerations it's not for everyone but this is a really good trick uh, it also uh, deals with volatility uh, because uh, you don't care what the price uh, is that much. Of course, you need to have uh, enough of collateral. Uh, so if it like if it would fall down to ten percent, then uh, then it would be a problem. Uh, but um, but for uh, uh, for. Uh, 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 for for basic use, uh, you don't really care about the current price of crypto. Now, but th doesn't that run contrary to the the meme of you know we should be using crypto to help grow crypto? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, I'm still long uh, crypto, so I it's actually you know I'm using it, uh, but not uh, as a. Um, uh, I, I'm using it uh, as a collateral for for a loan, mm -hmm. but what you borrow if you if you borrow on on some DeFi protocols, of course you need to uh, make sure you deal with the privacy, uh, so don't pay uh, with the with the uh, stable coins that you borrow or something like that. Uh, but then uh, the the easiest thing is to actually convert what you borrow uh, uh, to crypto at the time uh, when you when you are paying and uh, still oh, okay. privacy features and everything. 
So, so, so you're using it as collateral to to borrow stable coins or fiat earning fiat into crypto for the actual spending purposes. If I can, it's if you not can. possible for everything, but uh, but if I can, I I uh, do it this way. So many merchants accept crypto these days. So you can convert it uh, to uh, to gift card on Amazon. You can you can go into uh, mainstream economy this way. There there are many many ways how to do it. So pr- pretty much in any instance where where you're making a purchase, if you see that crypto is there as an option, are you are you essentially going with that option? Definitely. Uh, it's uh, actually I've been trying this uh, for the past maybe two years uh, that I really want to keep my privacy uh, uh, in regards to payments. So I completely uh, stopped using my credit card for for any uh, in-person purchase. So I I carry cash and I go old school and I really pay cash everywhere. I know. There are places where it's almost impossible to do it these days, but I'm fortunate enough to uh, move around in places where where this is possible. Um, and I do the same. Uh, I do the same with uh, with online purchases. You know, if there's an option to pay uh, pay with crypto, there is one huge exception, which is BitPay, which is a horrible <laughs> um, uh, company because if they uh, sense that you are uh, from Europe, uh, I think from European Union, uh, they would want uh, you to create an account and go through KYC, even for a purchase, if you, even if you're paying for a, for whatever Air Baltic uh, airplane ticket or something like that. Um, the first step is create an account, show us your passport, you know, video verification or selfie or something like that. So if I, if I sense that there is BitPay involved, I do not touch that button, <laughs> but otherwise, uh, otherwise I do it. I also like to use services that um, that give you um, one-time anonymous prepaid uh, debit cards, uh, uh, such as Pay with Moon. Uh, also, uh, I, that that way I can uh, um, I can buy uh, a prepaid credit card with Lightning, which has pretty good privacy for these uh, smaller purchases. And uh, then, uh, then I uh, then I pay with uh, with a debit card. Uh, the drawback is that I think there's a there's an upper limit on on the purchase, two hundred fifty dollars or something like that, and it only works with U.S. merchants. So that's uh, another problem. In what instances are you you know choosing Monero versus Bitcoin versus uh, Lightning? Like you know, if if you're on a website and they they accept all three. Why, why, why use one or the other? Well, if they, if there's Lightning or Monero, I will definitely use those because of privacy. Uh, and uh, then it's uh, uh, how I feel. Uh, <laughs> Lightning uh, uh, has a feature of instant confirmation. So if it's something I just want to be done with then then i do it but the problem is i don't often have uh, or sometimes it happens i don't have uh, enough money uh, when i want to receive uh, money from friends uh, i prefer monero uh, because i like to keep it uh, i have you know some some of the people they have they have these uh, rituals of you know brushing their teeth and reading twitter 
Uh, I have to say my ritual is brushing teeth and synchronizing my Monero wallet. I like to pick the you know, in sync. <laughs> it's a uh, try it. It's uh, it's fun. I, I use uh, Monero.com wallet uh, on my on my phone, and you know it it, it feels good. And I I see I I I see that I'm kind of interact with the network. So for for me, it's a you know I like using Monero uh, definitely. Uh, uh, I have to say I like receiving it more than, <laughs> than yeah. spending. But if uh, like if it's if it's uh, you know um, what start what started happening uh, that we have we have a, a private signal group uh, f- for uh, Monero community uh, here in Slo- Slovakia in Czech Republic. Um, and people started uh, offering things, you know, my friend uh, makes honey. Uh, there is not now this uh, group of uh, uh, people, or a startup that uh, that makes kimchi, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and they started selling it uh, for Monero, either through proxy merchants or directly. Uh, of course, there's a lot of CBD products now with uh, uh, with um, uh, problems with payment gateways. They love to accept uh, crypto, so so that is happening, and I like that it's going around. I I think Monero is uh, to be used. It's not you know just. Uh, do you uh, do you anticipate Monero growing in uses for transactional purposes versus Bitcoin for those reasons, like? You know, it, it, when I have the option, obviously, all I really have is Monero, so I use Monero. But there, there is, you know, like like you said, it's better to receive than than to give, right? It, it's nice when you're gaining Monero, but uh, you know, there is something to be said when you use Monero because you are getting something out of it in that transaction. You're getting privacy, right? You know that nobody's yes. seeing your transaction, so it's not like you're just using a crypto for the sake of using it. You're actually getting something out of it. Do you see that? driving the growth of Monero for transactional purposes? I don't know. I'm bad at predictions, <laughs> even though I wrote the book on visions, but they're not predictions. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. What's your vision? Yeah, I, I definitely hope that people start using it when they realize that uh, uh, that it's the, it's the money of the, you know, of the people that that can you know use it uh with with lightning um uh, there are some uh, well with both actually with uh, with both monero and lightning there are some practical uh things to consider with uh, lightning it's uh, basically two things uh, the need to open a channel to receive which wallets solve automatically but then you have to pay fees uh, sometimes um, and the other thing uh, right now is that the counterparty needs to be online. So if you are at the checkout of a, of a website, it's not a problem. Uh, but for example, um, I... Uh, Tipping I, the Guatemalan in- farmers, right? It would be, it would be yeah, hard yeah. to effectively yeah. do that. With- Even if they're, they're yeah. offline or their phone is sleeping. So, uh, so this is, a, this is a, a practical problem. Uh, so I, I often uh, uh, send and receive uh, uh, lightning payments uh, within my family with my mom and 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 something like that, and sometimes uh, her phone would just not wake up on the push notification, and I would have to uh, write her on signal, you know, mom. <laughs> open the wallet <laughs> you sent me an invoice now open the wallet i it didn't go through the first time but it it has improved lately it's uh, it's quite okay 
the problem uh, with Monero, uh, especially uh, in parallel police, was uh, was the thing that you cannot spend uh, uh, money you received right away. You need to wait for a few confirmation around 20 minutes. So. Uh, a basic use case, you know, I go to an ATM or I, I buy Monero from someone, I need to wait until I can use it. And then if you have uh, one input, you know, you go to the uh, uh, to the bar, uh, you pay for the coffee, you sit down, you drink the coffee, and then you think, oh, I would like a cake. Uh, and you can get the cake in 20 minutes because the change has to confirm. <laughs> so yeah, I never really yeah. practically run into that problem because, yeah. if you, like you said, you you update your your Monero wallet every morning. I assume yeah. you receive transactions, you know, a couple times a week. So if you're yeah, if you're, if you're not if you're using it, if you're not a new user, then right, it's, an, it's a new but, user issue. But once yeah, it, I yeah. find the the more you use it, that problem completely uh, evaporates because you always have older you know inputs that are ready. To to be, be yes. spent. And what I also do, uh, it's another ritual. I don't do this every day, uh, but I just send uh, some Monero back to myself. So I kind of like to keep it uh, mixed. So uh, so uh, so it's like, okay, now, now I need more inputs. So, you know, you say, okay, I, if I have one Monero, I can send whatever half to myself. Now I have two outputs, one uh, is the normal output one is the change, and then then I have less of this problem. Like like playing with coins in your hand, just flipping yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right, man. We we could go for hours. Uh, greatly appreciate you doing this interview. The the book was great. I didn't make my way completely through it. I'll, I'll hold it up to the screen. Yeah. Cryptocurrency. Show, show how fat it is. That's why you didn't go through it because it's 400 or something. Yeah. Pages. I try, you know, I, I skim so I could cover the topics. Uh, but it's amazing. I mean, you're, you, you have so much knowledge in, in this area. Thank and you then I thought the, um, the short book you did, the Cypherpunk Visions and Trends, that one, I, I, I read the whole thing before we jumped on. That was awesome. Uh, really well done. Yeah. You talk about AI in there. You talk about kind of all, all the kind of up and coming technologies and how they, uh, where, where we might see things in the next, I guess, two years. Why did you do 2023 to 2025? What was your thinking there? Why did you uh, pick that time frame? It's the... Uh... It's the saying that we underestimate, uh, we overestimate things that we can do in uh, three months and underestimate things we can do in three years. So it's three years, 2023 to 2025, three, four, five. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so that's why I didn't want to pick a super short time frame because uh, things don't usually happen on uh, uh, when when they're you know expected. Uh, but uh, I didn't want to you know be in a dreamland of you know what's gonna happen in uh, uh, 2100 or something. So I wanted to to have a uh, like a uh, more more constrained uh, time frame so uh, so the reason i i wrote the book is that um uh, in the in cryptocurrencies i didn't want uh, to have things that are uh, that will expire uh, that will be obsolete in 2 years so i try to uh, uh, cover 
kind of more uh, broad topics uh, and uh, and uh, write about it in a practical but general way. You know, there are collateralized loans. You can do this. You can do that. But uh, I, I showed some technologies, but it was not really about the the exact technologies to use because they might change in in four years. I don't mm-hmm. want to write it again. But then I think it is uh, interesting to see what is happening in the world right now. And uh, uh, an example would be, you know, AI. I uh, really hope for open source AI. Uh, another topic that is not really uh, related to crypto is uh, 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 parallel social networks or alternative social networks where you can can't get censored and things like this. Awesome, man. Uh, how, how would you say your 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 view of Monero has evolved over the years or has it? Have, have, you, have you always held the same beliefs in Monero uh, from when we spoke two years ago? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would I'd say I feel like you're maybe a little bit even more pro Monero these days from when I last spoke to you. Not that you were against it then, uh, but I feel like you, you talk about it more now in terms of like something. That yeah. You- so I met you at MoneroCon and that changed things for me because uh, I went many crypto conferences i organized some so uh, uh so uh, i kind of have an an overview and each of these conferences uh, or communities not oh, definitely conferences as well but uh, but you can generalize to communities they have a kind of a different vibe and i, w- I was uh, last year i was at uh, ethereum conferences at some bitcoin conferences and at uh, monerocon in lisbon um uh, excited to hopefully go to Monerotopia as well. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll try to make it happen. And uh, what I realized at MoneroCon is there was no bullshit. There were no people in suits. There were no venture capitalists. There were, no, it's, you know, there were, uh, I was uh, at a one Bitcoin maximalist conference and they were like, uh, Every talk was uh, how they hodl hard or hodl harder, and <laughs> trading panel was you know you need to hodl. <laughs> so um, and and the Monerocon was uh, it had exactly the same feeling as the first Bitcoin conferences in 2011 2012. Excitement! We have new money. Uh, we have uh, privacy. You know we can build stuff on it. Uh, even the use cases uh, that people were talking about uh, were were kind of uh, back to the roots. You know, what what kind of problem does it solve? Uh, you were uh, you were roasting <laughs> coffee, <laughs> you know, and and you could see. Okay, so so this is a tool that can you know I can just send money to the farmer that grew this. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, a super cool project with you know an exchange and uh, crazy valuation and 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 all these things so i really liked the the a little bit geeky vibe but it was not geeky in a you know it nerd way but uh, of course there were some talks about whatever is uh, dark fi and zero knowledge proofs and stuff like that but you the, the vibe uh, coming out of the people uh, was amazing and it really, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, sparked uh, uh, the the good memories of the of the Bitcoin community of 2011 and 2012. So so uh, that was definitely the point when I say okay, uh, I like uh, 
of course I like Monero, but first of all, I liked the people, the community and the, and the values. So, so that's more because the technology frankly didn't change that much. The wallet synchronizes faster because of the recent hard fork, but you know, it's still, you know, send, receive and, uh, and it works same way it used to two years ago, but digital experience. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's inspiring to hear man that's 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 nice to hear that you know because you're obviously a, an og um so to hear you say those things it's it's promising that monero is uh, hopefully on the right track and hopefully it stays on the right track in terms of its culture i think it's doing a good job at that i think it's doing a good yeah. job at that. thank you so much your eye if you have a, a minute or two we could jump into the chat and we'll let people ask questions i don't know if anybody has any but we could at least uh check it out yeah Sure. For that? Sure, awesome. sure. Is there anything uh, you want to mention before we move on to that? Is there anything you want to put out there, promote? Uh, well, definitely if people are interested in uh, using cryptocurrencies, the cryptocurrencies book is good. So uh, check it out. Uh, you can buy it for Monero on my website, uh, uh, hackyourself.io slash shop. And uh, I also have it on Amazon, but uh, I prefer if you uh, if you use uh, Monero to to buy it. Uh, there's also an ebook. There will be a Spanish version uh, quite soon, maybe in about a month, hopefully. Uh, it's uh, already translated. Um, so uh, I try to comment on things on Twitter and Mastodon. So if you if you think uh, that uh, I talk <laughs> about interesting things, uh, uh, have a look uh, at my social profiles. Uh, I uh, Basically, Twitter and Mastodon uh, on other platforms, I write in Slovak. So unless you can decrypt this cryptic language <laughs> with, with AI, you could, but... <laughs> what is your, what's your Twitter ha handle? Uh, J U R B E D. So first three uh, letters of my first name and first three letters of awesome. my surname. Guys, give give definitely give him a follow. Um, you're you're always dropping interesting information. Um, all right, so that concludes the interview portion. We're gonna try to move over to take questions. So if anybody has a question, now is the time to request to ask. Anybody? Anybody want to say anything? Otherwise, uh, we'll, we'll close it out. We already had our combo. You're right. You want to say anything to, to the people in the room here? Oh, let me think. I just connected my headphones. So, um, well, I, I'm, I'm so glad I, I finally, I think, figured out how to pronounce your name correctly by reading your book. Um, <laughs> I think you, you, you spell it out phonetically in there. It's essentially your eye, correct? Yes, yes. Paul, okay. Paul, Paul Rosenberg actually uh, um, uh, wrote it in the introduction. So yes, in that's the where I preface, saw it. So. That's where I saw it. I was like slapping yeah. myself. I was like, oh man, I feel so embarrassed. I've not been correctly uh, stating your name. Uh, Gabriel, okay. what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, yeah, I have a hard time pronouncing your name as well. Oh, my apologies. Just, I joined in late, but I just wanted to just kind of get an update. You're in the Czech Republic, correct? No, I'm from Slovakia. Uh, and uh, I, I kind of travel a lot, but uh, currently I'm, I'm in Slovakia. I, um, 
that probably the reason why you think about Czech Republic is because I'm a co-founder of the Paralnipolis in Prague, uh, which is the uh, the the space. But uh, I'm I'm a Slovak and I don't live in Czech Republic. Oh, okay, that's where I'm. I'm that yeah, that's exactly why I assume that. Um, yeah, just a question about um, how. What, what's the feel in, in Europe like as far as inflation and uh, the heating with what uh, we hear over here as far as uh, the sanctions? How is that affecting daily life over in there? And is cryptocurrency helping you bypass any of that? Yes, so uh, uh, I was uh, talking uh, in the in the main part of the talk uh, about shorting fiat. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's definitely inflation. Uh, the the inflation is happening in the US as well, uh, but uh, uh, but the value of euro went even more down than the value of, of dollar. I think uh, the Fed uh, increased the interest rates a little bit sooner. So there was kind of uh, a little bit of break in, in, in the in the inflation. Um, one thing about inflation, uh, which is uh, uh, very important to note uh, is uh, that inflation is different for everyone. It depends on what you buy. So, so uh, for example, the difference uh, between uh, between Slovakia and Czech Republic uh, in inflation um, is, of course, uh, the difference is because the, it's a different economy. Uh, but uh, another difference is that they calculate it differently. They they use different products uh, with in different proportions. There is a, a, another alternative that is calculated using um, the methodology of uh, European Central Bank. So, but for example, okay, if you're Czech, uh, then you probably drink uh, way more beer <laughs> than if you are from uh, from some other country. So, of course, the proportion of beer uh, in the in this uh, in the inflation calculation should be higher. Uh, but um, uh, so, so first thing is rising prices. The second thing I have noticed is uh, that there is scarcity of products. So, example, I was buying a new car. Uh, from the moment I ordered it until it came, um, uh, and and uh, I, I got my hands on it, uh, it was one and a half years. Uh, what is interesting, though, is that during this time. Uh, the price of the cars, the list price from Volkswagen, uh, which is the brand of, uh, of of the car I bought, didn't change. So in in the calculation of inflation, you know nothing is happening, but there are no no cars, no no new cars uh, from the uh, from uh, from the seller. Uh, so uh, so inflation calculation looks like okay, nothing is happening. Uh, but if you really want the car today. You're, you need to buy used car, and and the used car is uh, more expensive than the new one because you can get, you can have it today and not in one and a half years. Uh, so I think uh, uh, the main thing about uh, about inflation uh, in Europe, but probably everywhere else, is uh, it's not the one number that they publish in the newspaper or the or the whatever central bank or whatever government agency publishes the the official number. Um, but you need to you need to really see what you are trying to buy, what is uh, what is happening, and uh, if that uh, 
uh, if that affects you and how much the prices of what you actually are buying are rising. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, bad uh, and, and worse. Uh, uh, you can uh, help it a little bit by the, by the strategy of... Uh, borrowing fiat uh, and uh, holding crypto i think it's a it's a good strategy uh, but it will not solve everything you know because the prices are uh, are uh, uh, you know if there's a 10% pa inflation it doesn't mean that every product will uh, rise 10% some products will rise 25% and some products will be cheaper so that's uh, kind of just some kind of calculation and also the scarcity and unavailability of products is uh, something to consider as well okay no thanks for the answer um just interesting to get a take from the other side of the ocean there and then going back to what you uh, were just talking about the different fields and different conferences this isn't so much a question just a comment but uh, I think a couple of weeks back I hopped on a podcast and I only hopped on because I saw you, Doug, on it. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting to see what they're talking about. And holy moly, they went crazy. There was a Bitcoin um, talk, I think, you were on. And it went from a bit of a disagreement to all of a sudden one guy was going to track another guy down and kill him and the profanity. And I was just like, wow, I was, I was blown away. Do you remember that one, Doug? I don't only because that's happened to me so many times, man. Those, those oh, rooms no. get pretty toxic. Those rooms get pretty but, toxic. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's. I guess I'm just ignorant on the parks. I've only ever gone on Monero-related uh, podcasts, and that was my first experience being outside of, uh, I guess, the sheltered confines of the Monero community, and I was just kind of, wow, I'm going to have to change the channel because my kids were in the in the room, so... <laughs> Well, I I also had, a, if I can say, I had a experience. I was at a conference. I was actually moderating a panel uh, that was about uh, uh, cypherpunks versus normies in suits. That was the topic of the panel, and we had a Bitcoin maxi uh, on on the panel, and he started like this, uh, uh, you know, this talk about everything's gonna be built on Bitcoin and uh, um, and uh, you know all these projects on other chains they will die and I have a prediction uh, that in half a year we will not use any anything else and so on and it was like it was totally off topic the, you know the, the the panel was not about Bitcoin maxis or what is the better currency we were talking about uh, we we're supposed to talk about. Uh, a completely different topic and I really uh, was amazed how they can kind of uh, uh, take the space and uh, I know I know you know some people probably because they're my friends and I was supposed to <laughs> handle it <laughs> uh, they said that they they enjoyed uh, the whole thing uh, but I really didn't enjoy it because uh, I want to sometimes talk about other things than you know Bitcoin versus whatever else and uh, this for the time to talk about something else and um, yeah yes uh, so so yeah it's it's like you know, there's a there's a place to talk about uh, uh, 
whatever your favorite crypto project and then there's place to talk about <laughs> something else and uh, some people don't uh, don't get the idea which is when i've had now that i'm thinking of it three different conversations these are all in person and they both the, the conversation went escalated and went sideways and it was unnecessary but these three different conversations these individuals always ref reference something called iso and i'm not sure if that's the same iso as the international standards organization but the argument was basically saying that only co only coins that are iso compliant will survive and I, I don't know where iso is coming from or what that is and because the conversation has always just gotten ridiculous i never get to ask the question of what what's this iso you're referring to so i don't know if anyone else has ever heard that argument or know what iso they're referring to that's it you're uh you're uh, you want to take a shot I don't, I don't know what he's referring to uh I'm not sure either. The only argument uh, uh, similar to this I heard, but I'm not sure if, if uh, it was ISO, uh, but I have heard some Ripple uh, fans <laughs> uh, explain that there is some kind of standard for uh, transactions and that only Ripple is currently compliant with it. And uh, uh, he even sent a, sent a link to something. And that, that was kind of uh, the... the xrp uh uh kind of elevator pitch you know everyone is going to be using ripple because not no other crypto is compliant uh but then i i, I don't think uh, maybe, uh it is uh, it is the same thing because uh, are, are you gabriel are you talking about the bitco and iso or how, uh, in, in I don't what context, not even uh, uh, you heard it. Uh, sorry. So usually how it's come up is um, just where I live in our local community. Um, there's been these kind of expos where it's um, basically um, not farmers markets, but basically people that are aware of what's going on that want to kind of transact out of the system, kind of parallel economies. And of course, the medium of exchange always comes up. And uh, that's usually where er <laughs> the knives come out, it seems to be. And some people start talking about Bitcoin. And then others will name their favorite projects, whatever it is. And then eventually someone will... It, it always ends up getting heated and escalated anytime it comes up. But then they'll say, no, it won't work unless your coin is compliant with ISO. And that's usually the context I hear it in. And it, I never really gets much further than that. I don't know. Maybe if someone else knows, they can, uh, can say. But, I, I but yeah, I do remember one person. I, knew, I do remember one person talking about Ripple and, and ISO in the same conversation. So maybe it is connected, but... If so, I, I mean, I'd, I'd have to disagree that, I mean, Ripple's not where I want to be. Yeah, definitely. Anybody else uh, in the audience want to jump up and ask Uri a question? Now's the time. 
Gabriel, you got anything else? No, I probably hijacked it enough, so I'll let someone else have a turn if they want to step up. Coffee, what's going on, man? Oh, I just tried to add you. You requested. Go ahead, Coffee. Inviting you to speak. We got a heart. Coffee's being shot. We got a heart. Coffee. <laughs> Coffee's being shot. <laughs> okay. Coffee, you want to, you want to say something? I don't know. Um, all right, guys. Anybody else? Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll close it out. I've been dealing with uh, my ink my ankle surgery over here. How are so. you, by the way? Uh, it's all right. You know, I got I'm on some heavy meds, <laughs> some heavy painkillers. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't pass out during the interview, so I did okay. Perfect. I wasn't able. I wasn't able to keep my foot elevated, so now I've moved to the couch, so uh, it's nice, elevated. Nice. But yeah, man, it, it you know it realigns your priorities in life when you have something simple like this, right? It's like cryptocurrencies. I'm just trying to walk around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Evan, what's going on? Hi, Doc. How are you, mate? Good yeah, man. What do you got? Good. Yeah, we're good. Uh, just a small question. Um, how was crypto in Slovakia? Like, uh, was it freely accepted initially, or was it like a taboo or something people didn't talk about or something? I'm very biased because I'm uh, I was uh, hosting uh, first event about Bitcoin in 2011 in the uh, in uh, our hackerspace uh, in Bratislava. So uh, so the and and for me it was so fascinating that I would say okay now uh, is the time when the parallel financial system is being born so I have to do this and uh, uh, I don't I don't want to uh, focus on anything else because uh, you know this is where the where the fun is I missed the you know <laughs> the creation of the New York Stock Exchange <laughs> so uh, so this uh, this parallel uh, or or these new uh, new markets. Uh, and, and new technologies they don't come up that often so so I wanted to be part of it and that's uh, who I surrounded myself with uh, but what I want to say uh, I, I remember uh, in 2018 uh, we tried to uh, book uh, the the largest venue for a talk it was uh, uh, my friend Pavel's uh, talk about Monero actually and uh, I remember that uh, it was so packed that most people were on uh, uh, were um, standing on stairs and even outside, and some people di even didn't uh, get to see the talk. And we had to <laughs> kind of explain to them uh, on the street uh, what is going on. So, um, so I think the the community. Uh, and because we had uh, Parapolis in uh, in Bratislava now, there's another one in Košice. Uh, so so there is a really um, live uh, community, I think. Um, there there were many places uh, where uh, where crypto is accepted. 
now I think uh, it's kind of uh, going down. Like the the, uh, the the number of places where it's accepted is a little bit going down, uh, especially in physical uh, venues uh, because. Uh, there are some good uh, payment gateways uh, that uh, uh, that integrated uh, Bitcoin early on, and and you can buy many things uh, online. But you know, if you go to cafeteria, it used to be more places that accepted Bitcoin. Um, one of the reasons uh, probably is that uh, uh, Bitcoiners didn't want to spend it, so uh, the merchant said, "Okay, uh, this payment terminal that we didn't uh, turn on for uh, for uh, one thing that happened to me is uh, I wanted to pay in a pharmacy." And they said, oh, okay, sure, we can do it. And they turned on the terminal. They needed to put it on charger because uh, the battery was out. And they said, oh, uh, but it doesn't have the new Wi-Fi password because no one wanted to pay for the past few months. Um, But uh, uh, what is... uh, uh, what is interesting is, for example, we had a very uh, dense uh, ATM. Abdura, you're breaking up for me. Are you guys able to hear? Yeah, it's breaking for me as well. Yeah, you're, I don't know, we're losing you now for some reason. No, no. Maybe uh, jump out and jump back in. You're coming in all broken up. Anybody else want to want to jump up, ask a question for your eye while he fixes the sound? Hopefully it gets back to normal. Anybody out there? Just request to speak. Go for it. Your eye, you want to try now? Talk. Might have lost them. Evan, you have any uh, anything else you want to ask? I don't know if uh, he'll be able to answer, but <laughs> your shot. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just asked this question because where I'm from, I'm also from Europe. Uh, and crypto in my area seems like uh, something people don't like to talk about unless numbers goes up and they brag to each other how much they made and you know these kind of things which is a bit strange for me to be honest um i I just i just had this question in my mind how other countries in europe feel about this subject and how they deal with it because i don't know many people in europe actually that use monero especially and uh I'm just trying to get some ideas from here and there. Where about are you from? Well, that wouldn't be very private of me to disclose it. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't have to give it. You don't have to give your exact coordinates. Um, all right. Yeah, let's yeah. just say I'm uh, 
somewhere on a small island somewhere in Europe. There are not many, so okay, <laughs> somewhere there. Okay, uh, Yuri, are, are you back? Evan is just looking for some insight into the, the general crypto scene in Europe, whether people are actually using it. Where he's from, they don't really use it that much. Uh, I could kind of say the same for here. I mean, in New York, I use it in my day-to-day. -day. I get people to accept it all the time. Uh, the place where I've experienced the most like true crypto usage has been at Porkfest in New Hampshire. Uh, in New Hampshire in general. There's actual real organic adoption taking place there, uh, and it's, it's exciting to see. Aline, I see you've requested. I'm going to add you as a speaker. What's going on, Alina? Go ahead, take it away. Go ahead, Alina. Just uh, unmute yourself and you can uh, chime in. I don't know. I think we're having some issues here. Yuri, are you able to are you able to talk? Let's see if we can hear you. I don't know, man. Evan, are you able to talk? Is it, is it just me and you? Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, my, my own personal experience, uh, New Hampshire has been one of the places where I've seen actual organic, real world, uh, you know, adoption, people using it, um, places accepting it, people understanding it, and, you know, not, not just being spoken about as uh, an investment tool, but actually a, a means of transacting. Mm. It's it's oh. quite growing in Czechia and Slovakia as well, I would say. Um, just recently, uh, some, some friends from Satoshi Labs uh, launched a Vexel app. I don't know if Yuri mentioned it before, has he? I don't think he mentioned it on the show. Go ahead. All right. So Vexel app started off as a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, uh, decentralized app for trading Bitcoin, right? But people started to quickly like build other stuff uh, on it, and they just launched it a couple, maybe two months ago or three months ago in Czechia and Slovakia. And the way it works, it basically uh, creates its own. Each phone creates its own network of trust uh, based on the phone number and the, your friend's phone numbers that you have stored. And then uh, some discovery of offers happens based on that network. So you kind of have some some trust involved or build up in, inherently by this. And people started to like just trading stuff. Not just Bitcoin for Czech crowns or Slovak, you know, Euro, but uh, anything pretty much. And is it, is it like a local, like a local Bitcoin or like a local Monero type thing? Uh, something like that. Yeah, it's an app. It's called Vexel, V E X L, Vexel, um, and the name itself uh, refers to a very old tradition from the communist Czechoslovakia, when uh, you know when you wanted some foreign currency money uh there was there were limits imposed on how much you could get and you had to ask the communist uh, party to allow you to buy certain amounts of dollars or something 
so people obviously needed more. So the way they would uh, get them is to go to the street and find a dealer on the street, which was called Bexlock. And the name Bexel comes from the German word to, to exchange. So they were, you know, life exchange guys, <laughs> life ADNs on the street. And so now they launched this app with this name, you know, circling back, like pointing to the historical experience that we had. And people started trading a lot of things uh, on it. The nice thing about it is that uh, the company that provides the software uh, cannot see and cannot influence the offers at all. Um, so the, the, the market just grows as it grows and nobody's... Uh, you know, deleting offers and stuff like that. You basically have, as a user, you have to uh, moderate your own offers, what you want to see. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Does I it, think, yeah. Does it have escrow? I'm, he I'm hearing a lot of uh, moving around with your microphone if you try to. Oh. Is this better? Uh, yeah. A little and bit. Gurai, I think you messaged me. You're trying to speak. I, I don't know what's going on because there's nothing for me to do on my end. Maybe exit and re-enter, or I'll, I'll boot you as a co-host and just request to speak. But yeah, my my question is, um, yeah, is there is there you know any any tools or uh, is part of the system uh, escrow? Is there escrow built into the system? I, I don't think so. No, not yet. So basically, people just either meet you know, or I want Bitcoin and you send me cash to my bank account. That's also an option. Uh, yeah, but it, it's like it's beta version, but it's picking up very fast. There's thousands of offers already. And we are a small country. This, these two countries together have 15 million people. So it's a small market, but it's pretty, pretty alive. And, and in general, um, coming back to the question of adoption in these countries these countries especially czechia has always been very uh do-it-yourself culture or at least historically do-it-yourself culture plus we have a very good technical education and so there were a lot of very early bitcoiners bitcoiners and altcoiners and and also monero is pretty uh pretty like massive in the in certain subculture of the crypto scene so uh yeah i i wouldn't say necessarily that we have huge adoption but it's not bad considering for example alza uh, is the biggest retailer in electronics um they're really really big and they they are huge bitcoin fans they accept it they, they accept over lightning payments now uh, they've been even selling some gadgets. They've been selling a Trezor hardware wallet, for example. So, so there are these these nice places where you can directly spend crypto. Um, they also have. Uh, I'm, I'm back. Uh, they also have uh, uh, ATMs in their retail stores. Sorry. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. You can continue. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't want to break your thought, but yeah. it's it's like they they really. Uh, are in it, you know. They have a, a crypto publication, and and uh, and, and they. Uh, so yeah, I think you're right. By the way, Alana yep. uh, was uh, one of the co-founders of uh, Satoshi Labs, <laughs> who uh, that uh, that created the Trezor Wallet. So uh, she's <laughs> shy to introduce <laughs> herself. Uh, I don't think it's needed, but uh, there's yeah. also, for example, talking about ATMs, there's uh, 
uh, General Bytes, which was one of the very first uh, ATM producers. Uh, there's a lot of the like a one. huge Ethereum, huge Ethereum yeah. space. I think uh, I, I, I hear about hundreds of Ethereum developers being here. I don't know if that's true. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this, these two markets are pretty active and maybe it has really something to do with the history. Uh, when what place we grew up, like a place of oppression and, and uh, very little personal freedom. So people had to do their way through <laughs> to make their things they wanted um you know during communism like my dad wanted a uh, camera uh, um, how do you call it cover for diving and to buy it was not an option because he would have to save all the money he earns for five years um and because the currency was so weak um so he just made it, you know, and all the mothers and grandmothers were knitting and sewing and producing like clothes because there was scarcity. So we kind of learned to think our way through and around uh, certain obstacles. And so Bitcoin and crypto and Monero fell just naturally into this. Like if, if you have a problem, you can solve it with, with these tools. Um, so people like that and people like to find quiet ways um, to go their own way. If, I, if, I, if you understand me, like quiet ways to protest and crypto is, is perfect. Mm -hmm. Did you write talk about um, uh, Harta 77 and uh, the idea of parallel police? I was uh, talking about it uh, last time I went on with that yes. two years ago, but mm -hmm. I, I, I would like to add something about the Vexlab because it's a really good example. Uh, uh, so so uh, Doug uh, asked if it's similar to uh, local Monero, and then I dropped off, so I don't know <laughs> if you explained it completely, but the, but the difference is, and I, I think it's a, it's a crucial one, uh, no, they don't do escrow, uh, uh, but the main difference is that, um, uh, so, so uh, for example, if you want to buy wheat, I, I'll go back to this example, uh, you don't want to, you know, write on some localweed.com <laughs> or a local something, you know. um, uh, that you... Um, uh, that you uh, want to buy or sell wheat, you know. Um, so how do you actually do it in practice? So what what uh, most people do is they would ask uh, some of their friends uh, if they know anyone who sells wheat. And uh, uh, this uh, way of uh, finding the, the merchant uh, actually transfers reputation. So it's not, you know, uh, uh, you don't get a random phone number, but you know, uh, you get a phone number from a friend who knows this merchant and uh, also the merchant would get an introduction and the friend would vouch that you are not a cop and uh, it's safe to deal. Uh, problem with uh, things like um, local uh, Bitcoin, local Monero um, websites is that reputation is based on star rating. And this is very easy to cheat uh, uh, by uh, by agents or even by people. So if you create 10 accounts and you pretend 
that you, you know you made a uh, hundred deals among these ten accounts, uh, then you can easily build reputation. Uh, it's called a Sibyl attack, um, and then uh, then you could be seen uh, uh, on the website as trustworthy. Uh, but you just, you know, faked your way um, into into good reputation. Um, uh, on local bitcoins, there were actually, uh, uh, I think, FBI agents who uh, who kind of lured people into uh, selling them uh, a lot of crypto, and they arrested them and so on. Uh, so, so the difference, the main difference, is not escrow or no escrow, but the main difference is. Uh, that it kind of mirrors this uh, this social network reputation of actual real relationships. So if I add an offer to this app, only people I personally know that I, I, I have them in the contact list. That's why I don't mind actually uh, them using phone numbers because this is an easy way uh, of uh, saying, okay, I probably know this person uh, if, I, if I have their phone number. Uh, or at least know who they are, you know, it might be <laughs> a delivery person or something, but uh, but I, I uh, have some relationship uh, to this person that I can see in my contact list. Or, um, uh, or we have a mutual connection, uh, and if we have a mutual connection, the app allows us to ask the mut mutual connection for references. So this uh, really uh, kind of, uh, as uh, as Alan has said, it kind of uh, uh, comes back to to the to the communist times, you know, when when it was about okay. Uh, who did you know? You know, are they? Uh, would they snitch you to the communist uh, police? Uh, or if if you don't know anyone personally, you know, do you know someone who knows someone? And this is how things worked, you know. And 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 this um, uh, this form this reputation was kind of a currency, and it was very important. So uh, so that's why I'm excited. I think they launched only in. Uh, um, in Czech, Czech and Slovakia, uh, but uh, uh, but it's only because they're beta testing and uh, they will open it up uh, to uh, to all all countries soon. The app is uh, by default in English, I think. Pretty pretty cool project. It is actually non-profit, by the way. I think non-profit organization, so they don't even take <laughs> take a fee or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to mention that there's no. No business model behind it. <laughs> I think they sure. should uh, get some donations or something like that. You're considering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting to hear about it. Yeah, you're right. I think you mentioned them in one of your books. How do you spell it? V E X L. Uh, uh, and they, they, uh, uh, they have a very nice uh, video uh, about privacy and Bitcoin. Uh, so if you if you uh, do this uh, if you search uh, this uh, VEXL on YouTube, uh, there's a, uh, an animated video uh, about uh, one and a half minutes. Uh, probably not the first link, but among the, the first three. And uh, it's a video I, I first seen it in a in a huge conference room when they launched it, uh, and uh, it gives me chills every time I see it. It's so well made, so uh, so I highly recommend if you want to <laughs> have a have a moment and look at it. It it starts by uh, uh, by a quote uh, from Satoshi, 
um, which is, uh, I don't remember it exactly, but it says something like, uh, uh, just be sure to, uh, to get some just in case it takes off uh, or something like that. Um, and then, then it kind of, kind of builds on the idea. So as it was intended, private, without KYC, uncensorable, and so on. So it's kind of uh, uh, explaining these cypherpunk values. So the people that that, uh, that created this project, they uh, they have a very good uh, values uh, and they align with the cypherpunk uh, philosophy quite well. So, uh, so very, very nice. <laughs> Yeah, exciting to see that it's actually gaining traction for, for those reasons you're talking about. Uh, be cool to have them talk at or participate in Monerotopia in Mexico. That'd be very cool. Oh, okay. Get them to come yeah, down. Okay. I'll, yeah, no problem. I'll tell the CEO. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, please do. Please have them reach out. Uh, Elena, th thank you for the great comments. Evan, what's up? So this organization, VEXL, you said? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's, it's the name of the app is Vexel, and uh, I actually don't know what's the actual organization behind if they've created the Vexel organization, but it's co-founded definitely by Satoshi Labs mm -hmm. guys. But, slash and but, but it's a it's a non-profit organization, so it's not even a company. Yep. It's it's like a well non-profit. Uh, it's a special. I'm honestly not sure what uh, format Pollock. it is, their foundation. Or... Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not a, it's not foundation. It's a, it's like a citizen. Uh, 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 oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, ju just a. But but, yeah? but if the if let's just say the government tomorrow wakes up in the wrong way, let's just say, and they decide we are going to shut shut this down. We don't like this anymore. It's closing. Can they do that? Uh, they can, uh, but uh, it's uh, open source. Uh, I'm not sure if they released it, but definitely, definitely, they're releasing uh, the code uh, of the uh, of the of the project of the software. Uh, but the more uh, problematic thing is if uh, App Store uh, and Google Play Store says that <laughs> they're shutting it down. Uh, with uh, Google, you could uh, at least download an uh, APK and install it yourself. Uh, but uh, uh, but it would definitely hurt the network effect because not many people actually do that uh, really. So uh, so I think this is uh, this is a bigger threat. I think uh, it can survive an attack of of a state. Uh, you know, it can move to a different state or it's an open source project. So it's basically who submits it to the app stores. Um, but uh, but the stores are a problem. That's one of the things I talk about uh, also in the cypherpunk vision visions uh, as a as a project a problem uh, currently. And I think um, uh, I have an app in uh, in stores actually, and the the speed how the rules are are changing, what you have to comply with. Uh, is uh, is crazy. Like <laughs> I have a basic reader app for my courses, where you can just go go over the the courses and you know download download them offline, so you can view the videos and and the content. And I have to deal with uh, you know uh, so so many things all the time. Uh, you know now I cannot 
allow user registration from the from the app uh, if I don't want to process payments through them and stuff like that. So this is, this is the problem, and I think um, uh, a solution for that is progressive web apps, or one of the solutions. Uh, hopefully, there will be more. Uh, but these are basically web pages that can work offline. You can add them to your Uh, and they look exactly uh, like uh, like uh, normal native apps. Yeah, you're right. You, you see that gaining uh, adoption, the, that method of accessing apps. Ah, okay. Uh, sorry, uh, the batteries on my headphones uh, died. Uh, back. Uh, I hope so. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, if this happens, uh, uh, but uh, but it's definitely a problem for for the ecosystem because when someone says, "Okay, <laughs> we're banning Monero and we're banning uh, Lightning because it's too anonymous and we have to." Uh, we have to, uh, you know, uh, kick them out from the from the stores because, of course, Apple will not uh, or, and Google they will not go punk and say, "Oh, never mind, it's illegal. <laughs> we are allowing it." They will be the first to kick it out. So, uh, so then we need uh, then we need an alternative. Do you see a potentially uh, like a full wallet being able to be built on, on that type of technology? Yes, yes, definitely. It's not uh, difficult. Uh, if you remember, Monero actually had um, um, uh, some my Monero. My Monero, yes, that's a, that, that's the that's the it was a web app, and it's very easy actually to turn it into progressive web app. It's just a little bit newer technology. It can do something on the background. It can receive push notifications, so it just adds features. So if something can be a web page, then uh, PWA has just a little bit more uh, options, but it's basically the same philosophy. The user interface can be more uh, native feel. Uh, and not, not many of them. So the most famous uh, progressive web app is probably Pornhub, because porn is not allowed in, in the stores. <laughs> so Pornhub had to actually uh, Build uh, uh, build it on this technology if they wanted to have a have an app, um, and uh, I think the other famous one is Twitter Lite, which is a Twitter client that is not an app from from the app, app store and it's actually made by Twitter. Hmm. But you think it could be done in a way where where your crypto keys can be stored on yes. your phone on your device. Yes, it allows uh, local storage, definitely. So, are there any are there any wallets like this yet, or we just haven't seen it yet? Uh, I think I've seen some. I haven't played with them. Uh, when I, uh, I I did a, a Twitter thread on PWAs, and someone uh, sent me a wallet. Uh, it was uh, of some of these uh, um, uh, altcoins that are for. Uh, like domain names and, and stuff like that, and they have built this. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, so, uh, but definitely it can it can be done. Uh, it's uh, I don't see any problem. It can even access uh, camera for reading QR codes. 
Uh, so, so yeah, definitely. The only thing that it doesn't uh, do that can be a little bit of a problem is on Apple devices. Uh, they don't have an API for NFCs, but on Google, even NFC payments could work this way. Very cool. Very cool. Anybody else want to jump up and ask your uh, question? Anybody, just request. Go for it. Don't be shy. Yuri, what, what are the chances you think we see you down at Monerotopia? I hope <laughs> very high. I just uh, hope I will not be with uh, uh, exactly this time in Asia, uh, but uh, uh, because we are planning some trip to Asia with the family. But uh, if not, I will try to make it. I, it's very high on my bucket list <laughs> to go and to experience it so I'll, I'll try to make it work awesome man yeah anything we could do to help help encourage you please let me know uh yeah and that goes to anybody listening in the crowd go to monerotopia.com we're, we're selling tickets to the conference uh but you know if you want to participate in any way you want to be a speaker you want to be a vendor you want to come talk about some idea or concept that you think relates to the topic of digital cash, uh, please reach out. Monerotopia at protonmail.com. Uh, you can send me an email. Uh, you know, if you want to come down to the conference and for some reason you can't afford the ticket, please reach out. I'll help you figure that out. You know, we're, we're not... The idea is to get as many people down there that, that are interested, that are truly interested in, in these concepts and these ideals. Um, so whatever we could do. Uh, you can reach out, send me a DM. Um, but we have, we do keep the ticket prices pretty low. But even in, the, in those instances, please, please reach out. We'll, we'll make it happen. Your uh, eye, man. I think that's it. We'll, we'll close it out. Thank you so much for, for taking all your time. Thank you for having me again. Uh, it was uh, fun, and thank you, thanks for all the questions from, from both you and <laughs> the audience. I had a great time. Thanks. Awesome, man. Greatly appreciate it. Guys, check check out his book. Uh, check out your eyes book. Follow him on Twitter. Um, and yeah, we do these shows every week. Just follow follow me, Douglas Tuman, or at Monero Talk for to for the next uh, Monero interview. All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Ciao. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to monerotalk.live to subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we are always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.